What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Monday, October 28th, 2019. I am one of your hosts, Imran Khan, and no, I cannot find the jacket still. And joining me today oh, no. is Mr. 30 Under 30, Tim Geddes. Tim, how you doing? I'm doing great. There's a good chance Nick threw it out. Nick goes on these tirades where every <laughs> once in a while, and by every once in a while, I mean approximately once every week or so, he just looks <laughs> around, he'll see one thing he doesn't like in the office, and next thing you know, the video wall is being thrown out. <laughs> and you're like, we need that, Nick. And then he gets angry, and then you're like, okay, you know what? We don't need it. I don't <laughs> think we need it. And you just stay out of his way. Yeah. So that, that Halloween jacket, who knows where it is? Uh, There's a good chance it's at a Goodwill right now, mm. and then he'll have to rebuy it for a KFAF bit, but then he'll hate it again and return <laughs> it to the same Goodwill. I, it's a vicious cycle. It's recycling, but with money. Our money. There was a, a uh, not officially kind of funny meetup, but I, kind of funny best friends were at a Kansas City... Uh, like whatever barcade there, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw, I think it was Cam Koenig wearing the exact jacket. Oh, it's horrible. But it actually fit him, so that's fine. <laughs> so, Tim, let me ask you. I yes. had this thought on mm-hmm. the Uber on the way here. We're coming up on Halloween. Yes. We're days away from it. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about people who put pumpkins outside the their doors, but they're not jack lanterns? They're just pumpkins. They're not carved. Hmm. Hmm. See, those people mm-hmm. are fall. People, they're yeah. not necessarily mm-hmm. Halloween people. You know what they mean? they also might be saving those pumpkins to carve closer to Halloween, right? Yeah, like, but I mean, uh, we'll ride up on that. I I, I mean, it's still though, like uh, the Halloween pumpkins that Andy and Nick carved, uh, like dissolved over a weekend. The yeah, but whose fault was that? <laughs> Andy and Nick, uh, and then uh, our roommates carved a pumpkin like last week, and mm-hmm. it's already like mushed and shit. So. Yeah. There's some preservation you have to do with it that I have no yeah. idea about, and I don't. Th- I assume most people don't know about. Hmm. But it, it's always weird to me. Like when I see it out there, it's it, like you said, it's a fall feeling, mm-hmm. like the Thanksgiving gourd or whatever should be with yeah. it, not <laughs> the a cornucopia. Yeah, not a giant spider. <laughs> this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games where we run you through all the nerdy video game news that's fit to hear. If you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash your wrong. To be part of the show head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where bronze members are above get to write in and silver members are above get the show ad free. If you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or listen later by Searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily on podcast services around the globe. Today's stories include Death Stranding is coming to PC, Luigi's Mansion 3 is coming in well-received, and Epic is suing testers that let things out. But first, a little housekeeping, Extra Life, we've said it before, we said it again, it's this Saturday, it's coming right up. We're going to be streaming 24 hours of video games for charity, for the children. You can join us now on kindoffunny.com slash Extra Life, or watch us on the actual day. You excited, Tim? I'm very excited. You can also get the shirt by going to kindoffunny.com slash Shirto um, to help support. Oh, there we go. Barrett's running in. You can also get the hoodie, I guess. Yeah. You can get a lot of different things. It's a really dope design by Cameron Kennedy. Again, kindoffunny.com slash Shirto. It's a, yeah, I like it look a lot. Like, it's very, what would you call it? Like, 80s, 90s, 90s transitions? 90s. So, transition? I don't know. I feel like that's firmly 90s. When I see that, it reminds me of Saved by the Bell. Yeah, 90s. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, and then a big thing that we're at now, uh, Halloween Havoc, the kind of funny pay-per-view. I say that in quotes because no one needs to pay and it's not per view. <laughs> um, but it will be live on Thursday, Halloween itself, 4 p.m. Pacific, YouTube.com slash kind of funny as a YouTube premiere video. So everyone will be able to watch it live together at once, chat, 
together. Is it not called Halloween Hellscape? Halloween That's Hav- Halloween Havoc. That Havoc was the is the old WCW. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween Hellscape. <laughs> Don't sue us, no, anybody. Can we just steal WCW pay per view names? Like most <laughs> no, of them are fine. <laughs> Wait, that's hilarious. Uh, Halloween Hellscape. I edited it this weekend. It's coming together. It's perfect. It's, <laughs> let me just tell you guys, it's fucking perfect. Well, I'm not gonna give any spoilers. I'm just gonna say like. Maybe somebody, some people got screwed a little bit. I maybe, don't know. maybe. Who would think? Mm. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Muhammad Muhammad. Today we're brought to you by Escape the Invasion and Quip, but Tim will tell you about that later. That's what I do here. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> time for some news. We got four stories today. A baker's dozen. Now, time for the, the shoe to drop, Tim. Mm-hmm. The weirdness of Death Stranding to continue unabated. Death Stranding is coming to PC. This is from Kotaku by Cecilia D'Anastasio. I was telling you before the show, like this game, Kojima's not content with the game being weird. Yeah. Everything about the game needs to be weird as well. I am like half sure that one, like the day one game that comes out is going to be entirely different from what we played from reviews. Oh my God. I like. I feel like that's that's certainly that's Kojima, dude. Yeah. Who knows? Death Stranding is coming to PC early summer 2020. Kojima Productions announced on Twitter today. Right now, the game is arriving on PS4 on November 8th. Here's the tweet: Thanks to all of you who have been supporting hashtag Death Stranding. Death Stranding release on PS4 is November 8th, 2019. Furthermore, Kojima Productions is happy to announce that Death Stranding will be coming to PC in early summer of 2020. Hashtag Kojima Productions. Hashtag Death Stranding PC. Sony is publishing Death Stranding, and it was announced as an exclusive for their PS4 console. Traditionally, Sony's big games have stayed on the PS4, but lately it looks like that's changing. Some of these higher-interest games are apparently making their way to PC after their PS4 debut, like Journey and Neo. 505 Games is the one who's actually publishing on PC. Ask which store it will be sold on. Publisher 505 Games would not answer at this time, which to me sounds like... We don't know yet, or we're still talking. We're waiting for Epic. that money, dude. Yeah. We're waiting for that money. Uh, to me, the weirdest thing about this is the 505 Games part. It yeah. coming to PC, not surprising at all, yeah. I would say. There was like a thing a couple of months ago where the only on PS4 thing dropped out their branding. Yeah, and we thought that it, that meant that they were going to announce it at Gamescom, but they didn't. Yeah. So a couple months or a month later or whatever, here we go. It's mm-hmm. happening. Uh, again, not a big surprise it's coming to PC. We've seen this with a lot of the PlayStation exclusives, like even like Street Fighter yeah. Five, right? Um, even what, recently, like Detroit. Yeah. Like that's a fairly like, recent game. And that's, I think, an even weirder case uh, than this. But for me, the thing that I don't fully understand is Kojima's Kojima Productions deal with PlayStation. It seems like PlayStation has been doing these deals that are – for exclusives, but they feel different than what's traditionally done. Another mm-hmm. example would be Square with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Right. It's still weird how that game is talked about, where it's coming first to PlayStation 4, but there's still no official mention of it coming to Xbox. Yeah, which I assume that's part of the deal. So, Like, Sony is, if nothing else, a little petty. That's when it comes to the Xbox. Mm-hmm. They don't want people mentioning... Like, have you been playing Modern Warfare at all this weekend? Mm-mm. Have you noticed... Or, okay, you if you haven't been playing it, but I'm guessing people have noticed that on the multiplayer screen, if you're on PC, the cro- it has complete cross-play. Uh-huh. It'll show you the Xbox logo, the PlayStation logo, and the Battle.net logo. If you're on PS4 or Xbox One, it just shows you, like, a PC mini tower or a controller. Yeah. Or, like, a TV screen, I think it is. Yeah. So, like, they don't want the other logos on there. That's so weird. I assume that Sony, when they make these deals, say, hey, if you want to be on PC, that's fine. But we don't want the Xbox getting an advantage from a thing we're bankrolling. But so do you think that 
Final Fantasy is coming to Xbox? I think it is eventually. Yeah. I, how long that exclusivity window is a different is, is a different question. Mm-hmm. Or it's another question is, is Final Fantasy VII Part 1 only first on PS4? Or is it like Part 2, 3, 4, whatever? Yeah. All those on PS4 first and then coming to Xbox? I mean, but at that point, it's just so late in the game. Like, it, it, does, Is there any chance of Death Stranding coming to Xbox? I'd say no. I'd say Sony locked that up. If they did anything, it was to make sure this game does not come to Xbox as well. Mm-hmm. I I think they don't consider PC necessarily like a loss of sale for yeah. a PS4. Uh-huh. I think they do consider Xbox a loss of sale for PS4. Yeah, it's just interesting how, the, how this is all happening because I feel like back in the day, exclusives were a bit more well-defined. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, just especially with the PC side of things, which I've never seen as a threat to right. the other systems. And at the end of the day, I think exclusives are good because when games are built for a system, they tend to be better because they're better suited for that platform. Mm-hmm. But why gatekeep the games from anywhere? If, if they can go everywhere, let's put them everywhere, right? I mean, Death Stranding especially is a very interesting thing because it's on the Decima engine, which is the Horizon, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm. So they would have had to port that engine to PC mm-hmm. to get this game running, right? Yeah, that's interesting. So I wonder... So the initial thought for me was, oh, is Sony giving up the ghost on like other PS4 exclusives coming? But a second later, it's like, no, of course not. Like This does not mean Last of Us 2 or Horizon or any of that we'll are coming. PC. Yeah, because those are all internal studios. I think when they made the deal with Kojima Productions, because keep in mind, even though this is published by Sony, it's not... Kojima Productions is not a Sony studio. And that's so interesting. It's like their second party at this point, I, if even. So or, second, second party is like a thing that actually never made any sense. Yeah. It was a statement, I think, or not statement. It was a wording Nintendo used to use. Yeah, with Silicon Knights. Right? I like. I think Rare was like their actual first like time they used that. Mm-hmm. But it was like, we don't own them, but they only work with us. Yeah. But like it's a marketing term, really, and it doesn't actually have a real meaning. Yeah. It's whatever we wanted to make. Like you could consider next level games who made Luigi's Mansion and all that a second party, but technically they can make whatever they want. Yeah. They just only don't. make Nintendo games. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So I think Kojima Productions, if we want to really get into the weeds of the definition of it, they're an indie studio. Yeah. They're a very <laughs> extremely well funded yeah, indie studio yeah. that has Mads Mikkelsen in their game. But they're like technically an indie studio, so they can just like for this game specifically. I'm guessing they made the deal with Sony to not put it on Xbox. But for the next game, they could go to Microsoft to be like, "Hey, they had their turn. Do you yeah. want to give us fifty million dollars to make a prototype?" Interesting. What do you think about the five hundred five games aspect? They're so I talked to them. I want to say last year, last PAX or PAX before this one, about what they're planning to do, why they're making all these big moves, because at the time they they just secured control, they got uh, bloodstained on all that. Like they're they're trying to make big moves in the publishing space. Who would have thought? Five oh five. They used to be a terrible publisher. Like yeah. you could you saw the five oh five label on a game, and you're like, this game is going to be bad. Yeah. And to some extent, like. There are issues I have with them as a publisher now because I don't think they sh- they marketed control very well. That game should have done a lot better than it did because they just shut up about it after E3. And I think how they handle Bloodstain is pretty bad as well. But this is their like first giant move into a major publishing thing. And I suspect that... 
I don't know. I, I would have to guess that other publishers are vying for the chance to get this game and put it somewhere else. So I'm really curious how they ended up with it. Yeah. They have to have like some relationship with Kojima somewhere. Interesting. I, my guess, and this is just me, like, I, I don't know how well they like each other, but Kojima and Igarashi used to work together. Mm-hmm. What, like maybe they're like, hey, can you give us an introduction? Yeah. Like, can you talk to Kojima because he used to be your boss at Konami? Yeah. Like, would you be able to like have that link for us? And maybe that's how they got in. It's all connected. Yeah. Strands. Or maybe like, uh, maybe they've already made the deal with Epic. Yeah. And they made the deal saying, hey, if you give us the money to port this game over, we can take it to them up front and tell them we're already paying you to port for the port. It can be ready next summer. Epic's- can you imagine yeah. if if being the five hundred five guy? Going to Kojima's office, be like, "Hey, we already got the deal. We just need you to say yes." And like, how they'd be feeling inside, like, "Please just say yes. Please just say yes." Yeah. And he's like, "You got it." And then they leave the place. We're like, "Yes." Yeah. Tim Sweeney we is going to kill us it. if we don't do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, but I mean, granted, they didn't. We don't know for sure it is coming to Epic, but I'm guessing. Yeah, no, I mean that would that would make sense, but man, yeah, this is just it's weird to think that it. There's a Kojima game coming out that has nothing to do with Konami, <laughs> and that 505's logo is going to be on the box of some versions. Yeah. But do you still, think this hurts Sony? Not at all. I don't. I mean, the only way that I think it does is the value of actually having first-party studios. Mm-hmm. And exclusives are great, and Death Stranding's great, and they're obviously treating it like a, a big flagship title for them, but... The, the risk of losing the IP right. so, is is scary, right? And mm. it's like building up what could be a major franchise with the initial uh, installment, getting it out there, and then having everyone play it somewhere else potentially mm. uh, next go-around. That's scary, and that's not good, especially when you want to have as beefy uh, output as possible, especially going next-gen with Xbox building up their studios, right? Right. I... I was thinking back to when the PS5 was first revealed, I think it was earlier this year, with Mark Cerny and Wired. Mm-hmm. And Wired asked him, like, hey, do you think Death Stranding will get a PS5 release? And Cerny did that coy, like, maybe it will. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to realize that a the summer 2020 date means they're going to be porting this to PC with all the bells and whistles and probably ray tracing and all that stuff, which makes a very easy conversion when you want to put it on the PS5 with all those things again. Interesting. I really hope... That if that's the case, mm-hmm. it's not an additional charge. And I know that that is crazy to ask for. But I just really, like I've said a million times on this show now, I hope that Next Gen gets rid of the idea of definitive editions mm-hmm. uh, needing to be on, or like remasters needing to be another game that you purchase. Yeah. Whereas I'd much prefer it to just be if you own Death Stranding, you put it in, you get a patch that gives you those things. Yeah. I'm of two minds on it. Like on one hand, that's. That's revenue I'm sure they really like getting because, like, Last of Us 2, I think, sold an additional, like, 4 million copies on PS4, which is not a, not Last of Us 2, Last of Us 1. Mm-hmm. So, the, like, when the remastered edition. So, obviously, that can help keep a game alive longer and it can help fund the next game and all that stuff. On the other hand, there was, when the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X started getting talked about, there were developers and publishers that planned to sell like 4K upgrades, mm-hmm. like as a new game or even as DLC. Yeah. And Sony put their foot down and said, no, absolutely not. That's going to hurt our bottom line and hurt our reputation if you do that. Yeah. So how they think about this one, do they think of it as a pro-style upgrade or do they think of it as a new generation is going to determine how they actually do it. How would you feel about next gen if 
it was some type of I don't even know the right word to use without like immediately turning people off to this, but some form of DLC where if you have Death Stranding on PS4, you can pay X amount of money to get the PS5 upgrades. I think it would be disappointing, and but st- yeah. And still buy a PS4 copy. There, there, there still could be like PS5 copies of Death Stranding out there. I like I, that's how Ubisoft did it with Assassin's Creed. Four, hmm. where they if you bought the PS3 game and put it inside a PS4, they're like, "Hey, just pay us ten bucks and we'll give yeah. you a digital copy." That's a slippery slope, though. It is a slippery slope, but I I would be disappointed if they did that because it's not 2013 anymore. Yeah, it's We're, not, yeah. and they would tell immediately it would turn into a thing of not launching with all the options and like ha- having it be a drawn out experience of you get the game and then they're gonna try to have another hype cycle of and now the new pack's coming out and yeah. it's like that's not. That's not going to be good. Also, I feel like that method encourages used sales. Because yeah. like, if you could get the PS5 copy of Death Stranding for, let's say, 50 bucks, yeah. or a PS4 copy for 10 bucks at GameStop, and, and then you pay 10 for, Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I assume they're not going to want to do that. Yeah. I think we are in a, we're in a world where if you buy the new iPad, then you just get like the whatever version of iPad like the last the apps and games you already have just on a better screen whatever mm-hmm. i think that i hope that yeah. we, i hope that's true man i i feel like it's time mm-hmm. i feel like especially with the cloud services and the like game pass style netflixy stuff that we have right. it's time to not have to pay for the same games over and over and over and you look at nintendo who i are the most egregious when it comes to buying the same games over and over even they are like hey Nintendo Online. Mm-hmm. Sure, you don't own it, but you don't need to buy freaking Mario Brothers three again. Yeah, you know, which they were really bad about that. Like when Wii U and 3DS had the same account. Yeah, but you could only like you could buy Mario three on both systems, right? You had to buy Mario yeah. on both systems. Ridiculous. Yeah, but it's encouraging to me that they they've been showing Spider Man with the PS five stuff mm-hmm. of like, hey, look at what we can do with this game. There's be no loading anything like that. I would be really into if they were able to like. Put, you can put a PS4 game in there. It's it takes advantage of all our stuff now. Mm-hmm. Like that, there's some part of my head that thinks that that's part of the reason they delayed Last of Us Two, is to have that kind of upgrade when the PS5 comes out. Of hey, if you just buy this game once, you're fine putting in the PS5, and it'll just be that version. Yeah, of- I mean, I feel like that would have been the case even if it was coming out in February, though. Like, I don't need the. Could- I assume they're doing the work for it, though. Yeah. Oh, maybe. You'd think because they'd have to announce that they'd have to they'd make a big deal out of that, but we got to ex- we're still expecting PS5 announce February, right? Right, or like blowout. That's my assumption. Yeah, yeah. They could they could make us wait forever. Who knows? And it could just be a random Eurogamer article that yeah. just goes up. It could be this E3. It's all about us. Yeah, like, it worked out pretty well for them in PS on PS4 because like they had their initial thing. It was like, oh, this looks cool, but it wasn't until E3 when those pre-orders started that people really started beating that PS4 drum. Yeah, that's partly because Microsoft fell down that same E3. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, yeah. like it worked out well for them. Mm-hmm. But when I, like back to the Death Stranding thing, when I asked about. Do you think it's bad for them? The thing I'm thinking about is why announce this today? Yeah. What like we talked about it rumored for Gamescom. Gamescom made a lot more sense for this announcement. Why a week before release? I mean, I for whatever reason, my gut tells me there's no weird thing going on. It's not some nefarious situation. Right. I don't it, think anyone's trying to screw anyone over yeah, here. Yeah. I think honestly, I feel like it's coming together quick. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I feel like this is just news that they can finally announce that maybe they weren't ready to at Gamescom. Right. And now they're like, well, shit, we have it. Let's just put it in a tweet. I think, like, it probably makes sense for them from a consumer-friendly perspective of, hey, don't if you don't want to buy a PS4 for this, you don't have to. Yeah. Like, we're telling you maybe last second, and, like, that may not be great for Sony, but honestly, PS4 sales have kind of slowed down anyway. But... If you have a PC that can play this game, it's coming. You'll have to wait a while. I, I might be wrong about this, but I just feel like if you are in the market for Death Stranding mm-hmm. and you don't have a PlayStation 4 and you want to play Death Stranding so bad that you would buy a PlayStation 4, yeah. I don't think you're going to wait till summer 2020 to play this game. Yeah. I. It's also one of those things of it's a narrative Kojima game that theoretically, I'm not going to say it does or does not, would have some twist in the plot. So are you going to be able to hold off outside of the internet for, God, how long is it? It's eight months. Yeah. I doubt it. I mean, that, that's the thing is I feel like the amount of people that this might sway to not buy this game or not buy a PS4 now is very slim. Yeah. To the point this, that it doesn't matter. This is good for people who are on PC and want to play this game but do not want to buy a PS4. Aside from that, I don't think it really damages anyone. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird timing of the announcement. This is not yeah. a a GameCube Resident Evil to Resident Evil Four to PS Two Resident Evil Four situation. Yeah, because that was a situation where the Resident Evil fan base was on PlayStation anyway. Mm-hmm. It was people who like a hundred million people in the world already owned a PS Two. Like it, that was that legitimately did screw the GameCube out of that like launch hype. Yeah, this one I don't. I think it's an entirely different situation. Yeah, what was the quote? If Resident Evil 4 comes to PS2, I will cut off my own head. <laughs> Gotta yep. love it. Gotta love it. I mean, in fairness, like, he did leave Capcom right after I that. I thought you like, were about <laughs> to say, in all fairness, he cut off his head. <laughs> well, there was an enemy in God Hand. I think it was a Chihuahua that is named Mikami's decapitated head or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Gotta love it. So he made good on it. I love Capcom so much. It's always <laughs> such weird-ass shit. Like, Barrett, you probably... I don't know if you ever even heard the story, but this is an old IGN legend. All right. Okami printed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, yeah. with the fucking the IGN watermark on God. on the cover of it. It's so weird. I have that version, like, and I, like, they let you just get free posters after that. Like, hey, if you just want to place your cover art, we'll send you some new Okami art. It's so like, fucking Sure. Weird. Like, how did that get approved? Oh. Like, like, I just don't get it. That like, th- dude, they must have had a Tim Gettys on art that day. It's <laughs> like, yeah, this, this works. Like, have you ever seen a thumbnail I made? Oh god, god yeah. don't look close as it close <laughs> at it at all. It's bad. Yeah, the amount of times I just take an image and flip that image and put those images next to each other and hope people don't notice that there's a fucking clear like line, line in between. <laughs> or it's like, ah, oh, I can stretch this out. Sure, it's only three twenty by three twenty, but we'll it, it'll it look work. fine in seven twenty p. Speaking of looking fine at 720p, <laughs> Luigi's Mansion 3 is out. Damn! Or not out, but reviews Damn, are out. Damn, that was good. <laughs> a few reviews for you. Game Informer gave it an 8.5 with unique puzzles, diverse floor themes, and exciting boss battles. Luigi's Mansion 3 is a spooky delight for players of all experience levels. Seasons go- seasoned Ghostbusters and rookie paranormal enthusiasts alike would do well to look into Luigi's latest eerie adventure. That's from Brian Shea. IGN gave it an 8.3. Mario 
it turns out, isn't the only plumber in Nintendo's employ who can carry his own great game. Luigi's Mansion 3 is so much fun, so charming, and so smartly designed. Moving forward, I really hope we get more than three of these games every 20 years. It's absolutely the best Ghostbusters game ever made. <laughs> it just happens to star Mario's scaredy cat brother rather than Peter Vinkman or Ray Stance. That's from Ryan McCaffrey. U.S. Gamers gave it a 4 out of 5. Luigi's Mansion 3 occasionally suffers because of its fixed camera and a ghastly boss fight here and there. But the goo overwhelms... Oh, come on, Nadia Oxford. Overwhelms the bad (laughs) in this haunting adventure. Sucking up stuff with your poltergust is still satisfying and slamming ghosts into each other feels so right. Damn, this is the horniest review I've ever read. It's so horny that I almost misread this next sentence fragment. Add buckets of charm. Oh my god. And you have a game that ruins yet again that Luigi is a superior Mario brother. That's from Nadia Oxford. And Polygon gave it no score but says next level games continues a strong tradition of granting Luigi far more depth than a superstar older brother even if he is always doomed to keep getting scared for our enjoyment from Chelsea Stark. The Metacritic currently is at 86. Tim, we talked a little bit about it at Gamescast before last. Yeah, two Gamescasts ago, I gave my uh, pretty in-depth impressions and preview of the mm-hmm. game uh, that honestly was the majority of the game, right? Uh, or at least half of the game. Um, and as you get towards the end, I feel like it kind of speeds up a bit. I haven't finished it yet. I'm really mm-hmm. close, though. Um, I'm having a great time with it. I, I'm a little shocked that these reviews are this high, mm-hmm. um, but I also feel like this kind of shows that people didn't play Luigi's Mansion 2, mm-hmm. uh, where it's kind of like, I feel like we don't need more than three of these in, in every 20 years. Like, this feels like the right amount where it is nice to go back to, and it is such a different type of game mm-hmm. that we just don't get too often. Um, but we always we always talk about, like, the double-A sphere, yeah. how it like, kind of fell out. I feel like Nintendo's double-A sphere really kind of fell out, and it's nice to see this kind of, like, every once in a while pop up with something that is a smaller, bite-sized adventure, not necessarily a Mario Odyssey-style epic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing that uh, shocked me the most about these reviews dropping is Patrick Klepik's review, because uh, I read it this morning, and he brought up the idea of having an existential crisis uh, about collecting things, playing Mm -hmm. this game. Yeah. And it was the same stuff that I touched on in in my uh, impressions review, preview, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um... Where you're, you feel the need to collect every coin and every dollar bill and everything, but like you're not using the money for anything, right? And it, it feels weird that you want to, and that, that that's the whole point of playing this game is looking for every single nook and cranny to to see what you can get. But all you're getting is stuff that you don't even really want because eventually, and I was saying that I think it's a disservice to the game. You unlock a store that you can use the money on stuff, and the stuff sucks. Mm-hmm. And there's no skills, there's no growth, there's no abilities. It's just kind of like buying health that you don't really need to buy because there's enough in the wild already. Yeah. And uh, so I thought that that was kind of weird because it de-incentivized me to explore and look for stuff. But I just think it's funny that he tapped into that same thing I did where it's just like, despite all that, I'm still looking. Like, I'm still three floors ahead of where I was last time and I'm still looking in every damn corner mm-hmm. for a coin that I don't need. I mean that it's it kind of comes back to an old Nintendo design philosophy and I think this like kind of came out of Miyamoto's like personal preferences but he always thought that the reward for an activity should be the activity itself mm-hmm. which meant it kind of got away from them at some point because that's why Zelda games started suddenly having, oh, you're doing this extensive thing, and at the end of it, it's a bunch of rupees. Yeah. Because 
people wanted as game design started changing people started wanting more and more from these sort of things and Nintendo's are like well if you're going to collect the thing you should just enjoy collecting that's why you're collecting it so i can kind of see luigi's mansion falls into that trap a little bit mm-hmm. but at the same time i i can easily see like borderlands is a very good example where I am constantly opening every single chest, not just the gun chest, everything I see, whether it's a small safe for money, even though I don't need money for anything anymore, or it's just this is obviously an ammo chest and I don't need ammo. I just walk around hitting that stuff compulsively because that's the game to me, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. And I kind of, I can see a Luigi's Mansion thing being not great for me in that respect of if there's stuff everywhere that has no real value, I'll be still compelled to get it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I feel like Luigi's Mansion does it differently than any other game I've experienced where you're not collecting a whole bunch of things. You're mm-hmm. collecting one thing. It's money. Yeah. And your money counter is at the bottom left of the screen at all times. And it just goes up and up and up. You start with nothing and then you have thousands. And that number just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And there's something satisfying about that. Mm-hmm. right? And that's why I think that adding the store kind of ruins it and takes away from it because... If that is the one thing you're going for, like, what's the point of even giving you the option to take away from that for stuff that you really don't need? Yeah. Um, and going to what you're talking about, about Nintendo's design philosophy of, like, it should be the fun is getting the thing, not the thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like Luigi's Mansion, 10 out of 10, nails that. Mm-hmm. Like, if this game is anything, it's charming. And if it has any strength, it's its ability to surprise you with its cuteness and uh, charisma. It just has such personality. It's yeah. all, all those words. Which is what next level game is good at, honestly. Totally. Yeah. But it's not just finding every nook and cranny. It's every nook and cranny interacts with your poltergust differently than the last time you did something. Mm-hmm. One, one room will have like a, a like a tablecloth that you can like pull off the table and then it, it you find something. But then the next room you go into, like three floors later, there'll be a tablecloth, but it doesn't interact the same way. It has a different type of animation that, like, maybe you, it gets stuck in the uh, poltergeist and it shoots up and it knocks something else over. And it's like it's that sense of never doing the exact same thing twice. Not none of them being that satisfying, but there's just something about exploring and finding new ways to make Luigi make weird sounds. Yeah, that is kind of the point <laughs> of the game, you know. And like to that extent, it's fantastic. It's mm-hmm. just it's just a weird head thing. There was a review I was watching earlier. It was uh, Andre's review. And he's kind of talking about like he doesn't like the uh, the way the combat is kind of changed this game. It got a bit more complicated. That it's the not, way that the what the combat against oh, ghosts. Okay. Yeah, that it's like not quite as simple as it was in the previous games. You get a little claw hand. Yeah, I can I can kind of understand like you don't necessarily need to make Luigi's Mansion more complex, but at the same time. Nintendo games are more expensive than they've ever been before, and people expect more from a $60 video game than they ever have before. So you can't keep it exactly the same either. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other thing. is like I'm, I'm pretty shocked that uh, the reviews are this glowing, yeah. uh, given the price tag and stuff. But again, it's Nintendo, Nintendo, go Nintendo. They're yeah. going to charge us. Sixty dollars. No I mean, they what. they have like that discussion has been going on for several Nintendo games this year already. And this year, I yeah. think, is like the biggest uh, kind of example of it and they're not going to stop and, and I, the value of video game is so subjective subjective yeah. and it's such a weird thing that like i almost applaud them for just being like fuck it we're, we're going 60 because these games wouldn't happen otherwise yeah you know we wouldn't get a luigi's mansion or uh link's awakening remake that looks the way that it does right when you start having to budget a game for less than 60 i'll be like okay well people aren't gonna pay 
whatever amount for this. Like they're not going to pay thirty bucks or, or that's their ideal price for it. I, you start looking at the game differently a little bit, and I kind of wonder if Nintendo themselves do that. Like when they're publishing the game, like, well, this is a budget title, so we don't need to focus too hard on it. Yeah, I. I personally will probably not pay sixty bucks for this game, if only because I have so much other shit going on right now. Yeah. That if I pay sixty bucks for this game, I'm going to not touch it for a while. Mm-hmm. So I might as well pay sixty bucks for it in six months anyway. Yeah. But it's I I like the way the game looks. I like the way from what I've played of it, I lo- enjoyed that. Did you ever get a chance to try co-op on it? No. Did you get a chance to try multiplayer? No. So those two things might be like the things that I'm I'm most interested in. Yeah. And like those might justify the cost for me. See, those are the things I'm like, I do not want that in Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. <laughs> like, nothing I like about Luigi's Mansion sounds better with those. I like the three DS multiplayer. So yeah. I'm kind of, like I played it once with some friends, mm-hmm. but it was enough for me to be like, okay, I I give this a shot again. You know what Luigi's Mansion multiplayer I did like? Mm-hmm. The one in Nintendo Land. <laughs> I was thinking about Nintendo Land the other day of like, damn, that game was really good that no one really cares about it. It's what a great concept that I wouldn't argue it's really good. Donkey Kong really was super good. good moments. And like the the find Mario or whatever it was where Mario like runs and you have to like yeah. like chase it's like tag essentially. There was so much fun to be had in a room of people mm-hmm. that could only come from the the Wii U. <laughs> you uh, know what I mean? You know why I was thinking about it? Cuz I was putting up my Switch game cases on my shelf the other day and I put up one two switch and I started thinking like this game would have been better if it was Nintendo Land. Mm-hmm. Like if they just took the same concept of here's Nintendo IPs. Like why is that sword samurai thing not the sword guy from Rhythm Heaven or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's weird. I wonder if they'll ever revisit it. I kind of doubt it. Nintendo Land or One Two Switch. Nintendo Land. Yeah. One Two Switch. I hope. It I is. think Nintendo Land was a massive failure for them, so they're not yeah. going to. But God, I will never forget. I it, actually, I think it was the only Nintendo conference that I was ever actually at at E3. Yeah, I think it was their last Nintendo conference ever. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, so it was that one where they opened with the Zelda 25th anniversary orchestra mm-hmm. playing, and that was the debut of that, and I was like, this is fucking awesome. Let's <laughs> go. And uh, then it kept going and going, and there was some cool moments. They had the 3DS segment where that was where they announced Luigi's Mansion yeah. and uh, Mario Kart 7 and a whole bunch of cool stuff, and like the screen was pretty and like 3D and shit. And then they get to the end, and they're one more thing. Reggie goes out on stage, and they bring out all these shitty-ass, like, uh, standees Mm -hmm. for Nintendo Land. They're like, Nintendo Land! And it was just like, what the fuck is happening? I I remember the very specific phrasing was, one last thing, we want to welcome you back to Nintendo Land. Because they'd already talked about it. And then they they came back and, like, fireworks and all that stuff. It, it It was horrible. Fucking horrible. They, I can understand after that year why they're like, you know what? Press conferences are a really expensive way to just fall on our ass. Like, yeah. let's just not do this. And for honestly, I think the direct method works better for them. It totally does. I'm man. not someone who's very nostalgic about press conferences. I think if we don't have to do them, then don't do them. I love press conferences so much, but Nin- Nintendo Direct, I think, are the, it's the ultimate delivery mechanism for Nintendo. You mm-hmm. need to be able to have the the style and the ability to just be like, you know what, fuck it. We're owning a voice mm-hmm. for those things to work. And I think that that's where State of Play is uh, kind of struggling just a little bit to find its footing. It'll get there, though. I it's believe. got Nintendo's I voice the, now is the problem. And like... I don't know. It doesn't. I feel like, right, so I, I wish that they would copy It's got a Nintendo bad emulation more. of Nintendo's voice. It's, they just have a sterile 
random female's voice. It just doesn't like who is that? Yeah, it, but it, Nintendo it feels... sometimes does that. But when you do, when you see that, you know this is a lesser direct. Yeah, totally. But even then, though, I feel like there's the writing is still more Nintendo, and I feel like the even the voices there's just a bit more fun to it. Whereas like the other one, it sounds like Alexa's talking to you. Right. I I think part of the problem is if. If you go to watch Nintendo Direct, and they open that like screen. It's a you see Kirby. You're like, oh shit, Kirby game. I like and I've known Kirby for thirty years, whatever. Like I love that character. This is going to be a Kirby title. If you see a state of play, it's like, oh, it's Daniel Fortescue. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And not, not, like now. nothing. I I know a lot of people are very nostalgic for old Sony stuff and all that too. Like I'm I not mean, gonna. Hey, you're sitting with Mr. Crash Bandicoot himself. Yeah. But. I, when it comes to the nostalgia stuff, I feel like PlayStation has gotten there because they have enough of a, a history at this point, right? right? Decades, which is crazy to think about. Um, but we are seeing uh, the well dry up pretty quickly of IP that they can go back to remake because right. I'll never forget at PSX when they announced Medieval. I was just like, all right, Here's the thing. here we go. Medieval should have not should not have been a remake. It should have been a new game. Totally. It that would have made so much more sense. Yeah. They've remade the game before on PSP. It wasn't good then. <laughs> like I don't, I don't think there's so much nostalgia for. I think they got drunk off Crash Bandicoot sales. Mm-hmm. They saw like, oh shit, totally. clearly this is working. Why don't yeah. we do ours? And then and... it worked for Spyro, but that wasn't PlayStation anymore. Yeah. That was Activision. We're like, oh, oh, there's fucking money, baby. Yeah. And then yeah, PlayStation was like, we need something, and they just unfortunately a lot of the classic PlayStation titles weren't PlayStation. They right. were. Final Fantasy VII or Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. So. If you had to pull one game that has not been remade for the PS1. Fuck, man. I, I don't know. Like, at mm. this point, I think they kind of... They gave me the Crash Trilogy like and Crash Team Racing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I cannot believe I got Crash Team Racing. <laughs> that is the most insane thing to me. But... Yeah, PS1 game. I don't know. For me, the answer is Vagrant Story. Okay. They absolutely need to remake that game because it was actually well well ahead of its time. It was honestly even today one of the best written Square games, yeah. like of that generation and probably future generations as well. I would love to see them take another like, even if you just give it like PS3, even late PS2 graphics, I'd be super into it. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people in the chat are saying a- Ape Escape. Oh, Ape Escape is also a good example. There, there have been rumors. Right? They're hinting at something, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Because like, they made that uh, new Twitter account for it. Yeah, there was like some kerfuffle about it a couple months ago, but I don't think it came to anything yet. No, and they mm. huh. all those things are saying about the new PS5 controller of like you have resistance when pulling triggers and stuff like that. Ooh. That seems like it would, would work really cool. well with Ooh. the Ape Escape. Yeah, I've never been an Ape Escape guy. It just wasn't my jam. I've never played Sorry. a game to completion, but I yeah. like every time I sit down to play one, I'm like, oh, this is fun. I, this is sh- the 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 thing we're talking about Luigi's Mansion of it's a simulation to do fun and cute things yeah. like that is a ape escape yeah i think uh i don't know if i ever actually played the first one i think i might have only played the second and that's why maybe i'm not so up on it mm-hmm. uh Jet all right moto epic games they're suing a fortnite tester who leaked chapter two this is from polygon by nicole carpenter a Fortnite user experience tester is being sued by Epic Games for spoiling Fortnite Chapter 2. Epic filed the lawsuit today in, North, in a North Carolina court, alleging that Ronald Sykes, known online as Invisible Llama 9, leaked information about Fortnite's now-revealed Chapter 2. Oh, Ronald. 
Earlier, <laughs> earlier in October, Fortnite went offline for two days. Epic claimed that a black hole had engulfed the game. This, of course, was all part of a marketing plan. The game returned with a new map and other significant changes. It's an event Epic had been building to for months through its first ten seasons, spread inside and outside of Fortnite's in hints and Easter eggs, according to the lawsuit. The lawsuit said Sykes broke a non-disclosure agreement by revealing information he learned as a user experience tester. He did so at the expense of Epic and those in the Fortnite community who were anxiously awaiting the new season of Fortnite, only to have some of Epic's surprises spoiled by Sykes' leak, lawyers wrote. Sykes played Fortnite's new content in September, and three days later, he tweeted to another Twitter user that he played Season 11 and could tell you all the new stuff, according to the lawsuit. He tweeted again from another account and revealed that in Fortnite Chapter 2, players would be able to swim. Sykes continued to post about Fortnite secrets, including an image of the new map in the lead-up to the event. There's a bit more of this, including the fact that Epic has sued about this specific thing before when a QA person leaked some stuff from season two and three. I want to kind of get into the fact that how can you be that dumb to go onto Twitter and say, you will not believe the game name that they search secrets. I'm telling you right now, not delete the tweet. Cause I check cause it's still actually up. Wow. <laughs> Damn. And then proceed to keep leaking from a different account that's easily linkable to that one. Man, dude, it's slippery slope. People, they get that high of secrets, mm-hmm. of knowing something that other people don't know, and then it's just like, you, you see how it escalates, yeah. where it's like, you know, we've been on the internet a long time. Yeah. When things like this happen, when you're on the, the reader side, just looking at stuff, one thing happens, there's some someone that claims their uncle works at Nintendo, blah, 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 mm-hmm. and next thing you know, it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it's like, Pixar didn't happen. And it takes... Only so long before the leaker goes, all right, fine, here's a pick, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's when shit gets real. And then all of a sudden, the floodgates are open. They're going to say everything they possibly can. <laughs> it's especially, like, video game culture has, maybe it's not just video game culture, maybe I'm just not keyed into movie culture enough, mm-hmm. but the fake spoiler is something I feel like is fairly unique to video games. I don't think so. I think, especially with, with TV and, and movie stuff, like, if you follow Game of Thrones or... I watched all of Game of Thrones in a month. Marvel. Wow, that's insane. It was not what great fuck, for my health. But. What a fucking month. <laughs> um, but like if you follow Game of Thrones, Reddit, or mm-hmm. you know Marvel, or Star Wars, or anything, it's like, yeah, it's a ton of mother. Especially right now with Star Wars. like yeah. you, you know how many like leaked plots there are out there? It's like, all right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. It, like I remember when the right before Dark Knight Rises came out, the entire uh, plot was leaked, so, and it was like the legit plot and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's, uh, I don't think it's very unique to video mm-hmm. games. Do do movie leakers tend to get like the same level of celebrity that video game leakers do? Because we have like Smash Brothers leakers that they have their own nicknames and stuff like that. It's different because I feel like the video game side of it is a lot more ongoing in like a news way, mm-hmm. whereas like like movies and uh, TV shows kind of just they they happen. So it's like it'll be in cycles of. Spoilers, but like Walking Dead spoilers, uh, there's like a whole group that's like, that's yeah. what they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, video, it is that aspect of it, I do think is a bit more unique where it's like, but th- that's, there's insiders. Right. You know, but I guess there's insiders there too. I just don't know them. You know? <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> from being on this side of it, like, it's kind of a burden to know things a lot. Of t- like, as somebody who frequently just says, like, oh yeah, I heard that, whatever, like, it when you know things 
people want to know how you know things, or they want pr- yeah, like totally like to bring up Smash Brothers again. Remember last year when that was that Grinch bullshit. <laughs> My favorite time of the fucking generation. And I was like, I think I said something like, "Yeah, that's not real." Like mm-hmm. I know of characters who were in this that are not in that leak, mm-hmm. and like people went after me pretty hard. Yeah, that there was a, a lot of nastiness that went on with that, which yeah. is. Very unfortunate because I had so much fucking fun with it, <laughs> and it, it sucked. That's that. the thing. Like this stuff should all be fun. It should be fun. Yeah, and like the fucking great. God, I love it. what a time, <laughs> what a time to be alive. I was with uh, Andre in New York playing Smash Brothers mm-hmm. actually at the final preview event. Uh, uh, Game explains Andre at the time, and he was talking about you. <laughs> Being like it's bullshit. Like yeah. I know it's bullshit. But yeah, it's it's yeah. We I think funny. he and I were having a conversation of like, yeah, we both know this isn't true. I was like, are you doing a video on it? He's like, I'm not going to do a video about a thing I know it's false. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, that's that's a totally reasonable thing. Gotta love it, man. But I, what do you think about Epic's decision to like actually sue these people? Do you good. think good? Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, mm-hmm. it's like no, there's NDAs. Like you sign this shit for a reason. Yeah, like I, I'm usually not big on like cheerleading a corporation for doing whatever, but. Yeah, totally. If you sign the NDA, yeah, that's don't the thing. Break is the if, if they got the information some other way and it was like leaked or some shit of just yeah. like any other which way, and they were suing, I'd be like, uh, maybe maybe that's not such a great idea. Yeah, this was a business transaction, and one person fucked up their side of the deal. Yeah, very bad. <laughs> like when I was doing news reporting, I tried not to use information for people who signed NDAs because I didn't want them to get in trouble for like having loose lips a little bit yeah even if they did initially fuck up it's not my job to get them in trouble yeah i love that uh, speaking of leakers and stuff i feel like you are the most in the know person <laughs> i know in the industry it's like you know everything i at all times <laughs> about all the secrets it used to be a lot i mean obviously like since like leaving game informer people have are tighter lips mm-hmm. but it it was a thing of it's I like finding out about things. I like sitting down and talking with people like, hey, what are you working on? What do you like? And people were, that's the thing. Video game secrecy is such a dumb concept of like, oh, this guy told me he's working on this blank new Capcom game, but shh, don't tell anyone because Capcom doesn't want to talk about it until they actually officially reveal it. And there's some logic behind it of, oh, what if the game gets canceled or whatever? Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't, like, no one really needs to hold that in that big a secret like that if you told me tomorrow that oh the, uh, they are they talk about movies five years ahead of time like oh well, the new mad max is back on track so mm-hmm. they're going to start making that thing they would never tell you oh the new i'm just gonna pull a name out of here that has nothing to do with anything the new bionic commando is on a track but hasn't been officially announced yet they haven't rolled out the trailer or the marketing plans and like that would be like, oh my god, there's going to be a new Bionic Commando. Like this should be on everything. Let's like put it at the headlines of Kotaku and all that. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, I care. I like the hype, man. I, I mean, like the it, I, the pomp and circumstance of the the proper announcement. It's it's good to get hyped about it, but there was a. I find the idea of getting spoiled on announcements to be insane. Yeah, I don't know. I I enjoy announcements so much and mm. i know last year at e3 there was like a big kerfluffle about this uh, yeah. between like games media people on, mm. on where the spoilers fell right yeah and like i i feel like it's a go with your gut type thing where i don't think it's a this or that it's more context sensitive where 
I, I feel like the closer we get to E3, mm-hmm. the less I want to know about anything. Because like I'm going to be sitting and watching eight hours of press conferences. I'd rather that be as impactful as possible right? Uh, for my experience. For selfishly. me, from, from a work Fuck perspective, else. <laughs> from a work perspective, I want to know as much as possible so I can have it prepped. Yeah. From like a general like gaming perspective, it doesn't matter to me personally if I find about, out about Elden Ring through a leaked listing versus them announcing it on stage. Honestly, I prefer to find out about it earlier from a gaming perspective because then I have time to sit down and I digest and think about it and be like, okay, this actually sounds super cool. I want to know more. And that eventual teaser trailer is more. If I just saw that teaser trailer at Microsoft conference, I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but that's super cool. Mm -hmm. But also it doesn't really help me like digest it anymore because it's between 15 other announcements. Yeah, I'm glad there's people like you in the world. <laughs> but on the other hand, like I understand the, the perspective of a developer worked hard on this and they want to see it revealed that certain way. I just think culturally, we shouldn't rely so much on that like the impact of the announcement. I think games are cool no matter how we find out about them. Yeah, but they could be cooler when, <laughs> when there's a lot of thought put into it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Speaking of things that haven't had a lot of thought put into them, (laughs) Sony is considering the sale of PlayStation View. This is from GamesIndustry.biz by Hayden Taylor. Sony is reporting to looking to sell off its live TV streaming service, PlayStation View. As reported by the information, sources close to the matter claim that PlayStation View is up for sale, having failed to turn a profit since launching in March 2015. With around 500,000 subscribers, Sony has raised the price three times, with most recently last summer when it increased to $50 a month. PlayStation View has not has not featured prominently in Sony's marketing push, indicating the service isn't prior, isn't a priority for the company. Similar services like DirecTV, which is part of AT&T, are also struggling. Over the past few quarters, the service has seen its subscriber numbers dwindle from 1.9 million to 1.3 million. However, other services like Sling and Hulu Live are performing well, and the sale price for PlayStation View is expected to be in the tens of millions, despite its problems. I had PlayStation View for a couple months mm-hmm. um, for The Bachelor. <laughs> and uh, it worked great. Like, it really did. And I, I had no problems with it at all. Um, the only reason I switched off is because YouTube TV became available. Yeah. And YouTube TV is fucking fantastic. So, I, I use YouTube TV, and it's basically a law and order recording service for me. That's but, great, too. Uh, but, but YouTube TV similarly went through a giant price hike. And we're just going to see that. That's just what TV is turning into. If you want it, there's a cost associated. Yeah. You can cut the cable cord. You're just going to pay somewhere else. But that's realities. Um, do, you, do you think this kind of TV service is like, do you think the market wants that anymore? Like, I don't know. YouTube's- I think they do. I, I think that it's just not necessarily on their PlayStation or associated with PlayStation. I always thought that was a weird kind of. Like, that it wasn't like, like built Sony into TVs. View makes a lot more sense than PlayStation View. Right. Right. Um, this feels very early 2013, 2014 generation of this console cycle thought of this is going to be your living room device right right remember when they were doing that at press conferences like hey we got powers we got a new tv show coming exclusively to playstation yeah yeah it's It's like they're not doing that anymore because i guess it didn't pay off yeah so powers got like canceled i feel like after like three episodes (laughs) i heard it was like the first episode was good i never even bothered to watch it was free for everybody too yeah (laughs) or for playstation plus people my best friend current he uses playstation view still Mm -hmm. yeah i use it a couple of times but it's only one of those things where uh if there's a show that i really want to watch and there's a new season of like i only get it for like that month or two right like it's the same with hbo go and stuff like i'll get it when game of thrones is coming out right right uh like yeah for view it's like when the new season of better call saul is going up like that's when i get that and then i cancel it like when saul is done so it's like a very selective process because there's still 
shows and um, channels out there that like aren't easily accessible through just like uh, streaming services. So. I mean, ABC, The Bachelor. I'm the same way. <laughs> I only do it during Bachelor seasons, which yeah. is. 75% of the year, but God, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> uh, but it's like it's crazy that I can't just get that show or get ABC, yeah, without paying for some type of cable situation. You'd figure like kind of Disney Plus would have all that ABC stuff, you right? would think, like they what? don't, yeah. Hulu gets it the next day, though, yeah. And I ain't no sucker, bitch. I was, I'm subscribed to Hulu for like mostly for like Good Place and uh, Superstore and all that. And I real, like a friend told me yesterday, uh, that they're starting to delete old episodes as it airs. So, like, old yeah, episodes from this season, upsetting. that's I'm, that's so fucking dumb. Like, I, I'm so glad that I'm catching up with the good place uh at the time that i am because when i logged in uh hulu a couple of days ago to start season four the first episode was like expires in nine days i was like oh i haven't seen hulu do this in like 10 years what yeah the fuck like if i were a, if i were someone who just heard about good place i was like oh i should watch this i have a hulu subscription i'll like go through it and then i get to this season and it says start on season five episode four not season episode one i'd be pretty pissed off like, that's the kind of thing that drives people to piracy. Yeah. But Good Place is really good. People should watch it. Yeah. But the future of The Good Place is so far away. <laughs> if I wanted to know what comes to the mom and grout chops today, where would I look? We'll have to find out in just a second, because first, I want to tell you about our sponsors. <laughs> this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Quip. The best way to ease back into your post-summer routine is to start it up before September. And you're a little late for that now because it is definitely the end of October. Doesn't matter, <laughs> though. It's never too late to change your oral health. I use Quip every day, twice a day. Growing up, people told me you're supposed to brush your teeth three times a day. That seems excessive to me. Uh, time, sonic vibrations cover the basics of every part of your mouth and just take two minutes twice a day. The mirror mount puts brushing front and center in your bathroom so you'll remember at a bookend of the day using your new brush. And the lightweight, compact design means you can bring it along with you on those last summer weekend getaways. Gotta love it. Uh, people brush way too hard, and some electric toothbrushes are too abrasive. But this built-in two-minute timer pulses every thirty seconds to remind you when to switch sides and help you clean up your whole mouth evenly. It's fantastic. I love Quip. Most people here are kind of funny. Use Quip. Love Quip. Greg Miller. He's been on vacation. Does he have his Quip with him? Yes, he does. Did he bring the little mount that turns into a carrying case? Yes, he did. Because why wouldn't he? It's so easy. It's so great. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. A friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. Uh, I love Quip. And it's perfect for getting you back into a routine that you might not even be in when it comes to your oral health. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash KF right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash KF. Also, shout out to Escape the Invasion. Have you ever wondered what you would do if you found yourself in the middle of a post post-apocalyptic world that has been ravished by a deadly virus and inflicted by aliens? I've thought about some of that. Maybe not all of it together, but now that they propose that question, hmm, 
my mind is a stirring, Barrett. Uh, from the makers of Hunt a Killer, the popular true crime mystery subscription game comes Escape the Invasion, the sci-fi game where you are a survivor on a rapidly dying Earth after an alien invasion. The cool thing here is like, it's essentially a escape room, but it's in your living room. It's like a, a fun family experience you can enjoy with your friends and family, where every month they send you a different box with different physical things, clues, and stuff to put together this story. Uh, Greg and Jen have done the, the Hunt a Killer one. They really, really enjoyed it had a great time with that every month kind of builds uh chapter after chapter to build this big story about how you how you are trying to escape the invasion uh right now just for you guys out there you can go to escape the invasion.com slash kf games for 20 percent off your first box that's escape the invasion.com slash kf games for 20 percent off your first box escape the invasion.com slash kf games go to the website escape the invasion.com it's cool the website kind of gives a, a really good ex- idea of what this actually is and what it looks like and it's, it's just super fun looking mm-hmm. so go check it out it might sway you into being interested into this now Imran mm-hmm. you wanted to know where we would need to look if we were trying to figure out what games were coming out to mom and grop shops and all that I did you need to look no further than the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday. Yeah, that's how you do a jingle tune. Out today, Xeno Crisis is out on PS4, Switch, PC, and Mac. Door Kickers Action Squad is out today on Switch. Travel Mosaics 10 Spooky Halloween is out today on PC Spooky and Halloween. Mac. Last Shark Standing. Is that a Shark Battle Royale? Is out today on PC. The Lost Cave of the Ozarks is out today on PC. Highway Game is out today on PC. URO2 is out today on PC. Sushi Party 2 is out today on Sushi Party 2. PC. Okay. New dates. Earth Night, which is a it came out on Apple Arcade recently. It's a very nice looking hand-drawn game. Is out for PS4, Switch, and PC on December 3rd. Oh. Okay. Please bring this up, Barrett. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're we're about to bring up Last Shark Standing. You know what? I'm a chaotic fishing action. I'm, it looks like a party mode game. Yeah, I'm disappointed because, like, in my head, I was thinking, you remember that Jaws Xbox game? No. So it was like a 3D, uh, like, GTA style game where you play as Jaws. And, like, literally, like, finding key cards and stuff like that. But I was picturing that, but, like, 100 sharks fall, like, come into an ocean kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, this is interesting. This is disappointing. <laughs> it reminds me of those like little like magnet games where you like put the yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe that's what it's based on. Deal of the day: Amazon is having a buy two get one free sale on certain video games. It include games like Code Vein, Resident Evil Two, DMC Five, and Catherine. Wow! If you're looking for some pre Christmas bolstering of your library, hit after hit. It's time for some reader mail. You can write in a patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. But let's look at what Frankenfurter has to ask. EA, our good morning, Timron. EA is coming back to Steam probably. With test files of EA games showing up on Steam, the rumors are gaining a lot of traction. If everything is correct, EA Origin is still going to be a thing, so why are they putting their games on Steam? Is it so they can sell more? Is Origin being phased out a little of both? Really curious as to why this is happening now when seemingly everyone is making their own storefronts. Thanks for all you do, Frankfurter. So basically, like a couple of games like Dragon Age started getting update files in the Steam backend. So people started seeing that, like, why would they suddenly update this now? Mm-hmm. And the assumption is that EA is going to start putting their stuff back on Steam. I think 
Frankenfurter kind of gets it in one of, yeah, so they can sell more games. Yeah. Like, the reason they split off in the first place was Steam has a 30% cut, which is industry standard, but EA could just sell it themselves and make that 30% cut back. Yeah. Like, not have to worry about giving a cut to anyone because it's their store. I think... I don't see everyone going this direction, but I can see in the future everyone be like, well, why don't we just put it on their store too? Who cares? What What do you think the methodology is behind that timing-wise? Do you think that it's EA looking at it being like, all right, we got enough people to sign up for Origin that they're going to stay there, so now we can be here as well, and that's not going to hurt us? Or is it kind of them giving up on, on Origin in, in a way of not having that be the primary push? I think it's both a little bit, because Andrew Wilson, the current EEOC, EA CEO, was also head of Origin for a while, so he that was kind of his baby. So there was nothing... Like, they were not going to divest themselves from the Origin plan as long as he's CEO. Yeah. At the same time, other people in EA are starting to come up, like Laura Miele is like being groomed for CEO position at some point. So as the power starts shifting and like Soderlund's out too and all that stuff, it starts making sense to start looking to see where you can start increasing those revenue streams a little bit too. I also expect the fact that Battlefront 2 did not drive Origin signups as much as they thought it would. Mm. It's probably important of if Star Wars doesn't do it and people are not coming to Origin for single-player games, we got this game that's coming out on PC what do we do with it? Like, do are we really going to hamstring our sales just for, like, that number not crossing the other number? Maybe the 30% isn't worth it? Mm. Like, that is my expectation that they're trying to do that a little bit, too. Interesting. People who are on Origin and love Origin, I've never met one, but I'm sure they exist. <laughs> uh, we'll probably stick to that service, but you're not going to get new people just because... You're not going to get a ton of new people just because Fallen Order is on there exclusively. Yeah. God, I can't wait for Fallen Order, man. I'm, We're I'm, so close. I'm extremely hyped for it. I, feel like, I am more hyped for it than Pokemon at this point. Oh, I, I am entirely more hyped for Fallen Order. Pokemon, it's Pokemon. I'm excited for it. I know exactly what it's going to be. It's yeah. going to be good. Yes. It's going to be real good. It's a known quantity at this yeah. point. Whereas Fallen Order, I think, has the potential to be exceptional. I saw a trailer today that was labeled the Need for Speed Heat launch trailer. And I was like, what the hell? Like... Because I always forget that game was announced like a month and a half ago or two months ago. And it's coming out now? In a week. And it, like All pre-order right. just started today, apparently. <laughs> All right. I don't understand what that game is. Yeah, that's weird. I, like, it's, I think it's an EA trying a new strategy. Because we talked a little bit about like they're fairly quiet about Fallen Order. They didn't say much about Plants vs. Zombies, the new shooter. Mm-hmm. Like That just sort of came out. Like, they talked a bit about, like... I feel like Fallen Order is getting a lot of mainstream, commercially-type press. Right. Which is where they I think, should probably be putting yeah. their dollars. <laughs> I feel like for it being a Star Wars game, they put way more behind Battlefront. And maybe it didn't work out that way. Mm. Maybe they're skittish because it's a Star Wars game. Why do you need to... Like, it has the name Star Wars on it. It's going to be associated with the whatever... Like in GameStops and Walmarts and all that around the world. Yeah. So maybe they don't need to worry about it. But I always felt they were a little too quiet about Jedi Fallen Order. But mm-hmm. thankfully now they're actually doing preview events and like we're talking about it too. Yeah. God, we're so close. So the five star man writes in. This is going to be one that gets us some hate mail. <laughs> Hello, Timron. Over the weekend, it came to light that the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare campaign features a fictionalized version of a real-world war crime. However, the developers changed the facts around to make it seem like the Americans were the heroes, even though in reality it was American troops that committed the atrocity. Do you think there will be any sort of backlash over this? Do you think there should be? 
is there is this any reason really different than playing any other war game or do you think the developers have crossed the line here can't wait for the extra live stream thanks for everything you do from this five star man asa gray so the thing in question is there was to go back to the actual reality of it there's a place called the highway of death between iraq and kuwait as in the first gulf war as iraq was i guess retreating from kuwait they were all on that I think it's an eight-mile stretch of highway. I, I might be totally wrong on that number. But they were bombed by American, German, British troops. At, and basically, I think, uh, approximate numbers. It was never really said like how many actually survived and how many fled and all that. But 500 to 600 people died. And it's considered, like, not only a war crime, but it's considered the reason the war ended was after that, George H.W. Bush said, okay, we have to cease... Uh, all hostilities here because this has gone too far. In Call of Duty Modern Warfare, because the Russians were the ones who invaded the fictional uh, Middle Eastern country, they are also referenced as being the ones who committed the highway of death atrocity. For some reason, they brought a real-world like war crime into a game that they're, they're otherwise like uh, alternate universing. So a lot of people me included, honestly, are like, why the fuck would you do that? For a game that you're marketing as this big, we're going to show what war is really like sort of thing, why are you trying to make it seem like the Americans were the hero there and the Russians were the bad guys? And like the the discourse is kind of running its way through Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people saying like, well, I don't really care about it. It's a fictionalized version or whatever. I think it's kind of important to look at these things and question why they did that. Like, I'm sure there was a meeting going like, I, I, I'm sure this passed by many people's eyes and like they made a decision. But I'd personally like to know, like, why, why do you feel this bolstered your story a little bit? Yeah, I, I, it's weird that, they, that this would be the, the lone example of real historical things being brought into the game. There's another war crime where they did the exact same thing in the game. So I didn't look into that too much. Okay, okay. But apparently there's two examples. Because if it was like a whole bunch of them, then then I'd find it a bit more like, okay, like this is just what the decisions they're making. It being one is, I think, a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely out of my element when it comes to any of this because I just... I Yeah, I don't want to talk about it too much because like I want to hear what Infinity Ward has to say about it. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's one of those things that like with all the other stuff with modern warfare which i hear is a fantastic game i haven't played it myself Mm -hmm. but i hear that the campaign is actually really good this thing kind of stands out so i'd love to know exactly what they're thinking of i was you asked earlier if i played it this weekend i didn't i was trying to play it this weekend but uh the download was very large (laughs) and uh, it was just taking taking a long time and i had to edit the pay-per-view so yeah Mm. i think on pc it's something like 125 gigs yeah it's crazy it uh, it no i noticed that it was taking longer than my games normally take. I don't know what was up with that. I'm also in the middle of moving, so yeah. my house is a fucking mess. I don't know if it's connected to the right Wi-Fi or whatever. I think when I was moving, Fire Emblem just came out, and I spent way too long. Like I would pack a box and play Fire Emblem for like an hour. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is a terrible waste of my time, yeah. but I'm really addicted to this game. So once you start like getting to that that motion of playing games when you should be moving, it's a slippery slope. Oh, totally. To the point where, like, movers came and not everything was done. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Uh, Oh, man. But your romances were great. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Squad Up, I didn't get any this morning, so guys need to send more in if you want to play some more games. 
Call of Duty is a good example of something you can start playing. Uh, you're wrong. Where you guys told us what we got wrong throughout the show. Let's see. Uh, Medieval on PSP was partially a remake, but different enough that it's an entirely new game. Medieval fans did not like it. Also, remake Croc. Mm. <laughs> new PBZ game was called Give Battle me some Gex Angel. while you're at it. You know what I mean? Enter that gecko, dude. So Gex is a weird thing. Gex was it was owned by Eidos, which means Square Enix owns it now. It's part of the Square Enix Collective, where indie developers can sign up to make a Gex game if they want to. As far <laughs> no as I does. know, no one has asked to make a Gex game. I love it. Yeah. I love it, man. Uh, Jaws Game 360 was called Jaws Unleashed. Do you hear most Mario games? Yeah, that's not. Did anyone ever find the original IGN picture that was used in the Okami Wii cover? I sh- I have no idea. I'm gonna go ask them next time I go into the office. <laughs> but uh, my question is, why was there like even in any kind of IGN thing? Why was there the IGN logo like right by his mouth embedded mouth? into the picture itself? You know, Did- it's just so confusing. Yeah, I, like I know There's I did so watermark things, but it's usually like bottom right or bottom left corner. Yeah. It's so weird that it was yeah. like right in Amaterasu's but it, mouth. It's like not even like where it was watermarked, but like why was it watermarked in the first place? I don't know. Just a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, Powers made it to season two, but then got canceled right after the second season aired. Eric K uh, says, Tim, you can get a digital antenna from Amazon for $30 to get ABC, NBC, Fox, and local channels. It's totally worth it. That's true. And I know that the problem is I'm spoiled now, and it's like I want to be able to record things and watch not live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the best way to watch Bachelor is to have it recorded and be and able to skip, skip commercials, the commercials yeah. and skip the coming up on The Bachelor because that's half the fucking show. Yeah. If you want to borrow my digital antenna, I don't use it any, for anything. If you decide you find yourself in a live Bachelor. <laughs> okay. Okay. If I'm in a live pickle, I'll hit you up. <laughs> All right. That looks like it for your wrong Tomorrow's host, oh my god, my my long odyssey as host is finally over for yes, a little bit. Yes, it is. Bit. Greg is back. He's making his return. And I will be co-hosting with him because otherwise I won't be able to know what to do with myself tomorrow if I'm not hosting the show. <laughs> uh, Wednesday is Greg and Gary Witta. Thursday is me and Greg again. Friday, it is you and Greg, the originals. Hell yeah. God, Gamescast. We mentioned it last week. It's going to be a very special episode. It is. It's going to work a little bit differently. So it's our Death Stranding review. Um, and because embargo for that is midnight on Thursday going into Friday, our time, uh, we are going to publish Gamescast then. So it will not be live for Patreon users on Thursday. And it will be up for everyone on that time, not on the normal Monday schedule as things normally go. Uh, but Patreon people still get it out free. So there you go. Really looking forward to that conversation. Me too, man. Really looking forward to it. You can also hear last week's Gamecast today, because it's now out publicly, where we talked about The Outer Worlds, which I really liked, by the way. Yeah. No, I fucking watched a video, and you shit all, all <laughs> over it, and uh, it's you're stupid. You're real stupid. <laughs> I explicitly used the words, I'm very positive on it several times. Yeah. Nah, not what I watched from the video I obviously totally watched the entire way through, dude. <laughs> I hate people. This has been your Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, October 28th, as we go into the spookiest week of the year. Get spooky, baby. Get spooky. Thank you, Tim Geddes, for joining me today.